Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody, and I would like to point out that so far we are expletive-free on this Tuesday or Wednesday edition of 23 Personnel. It's going well. I will I will give you my word. I will not drop any expletives. There is, however, one four-letter word dropped by our our OU previewer guest. Oh. And towards the end of the preview portion of the episode. Um but it's I think it's still I, it I, fits. Yeah. I don't I don't think it would get the badge. Well so it got the badge on the last episode because oh, yeah. as I uploaded it I told it it's going to be expletive. <laughs> okay. You and I, I also I wondered how that worked. I never asked you. This is a little behind the scenes magic. I didn't know if you had to be honest and say, "Okay, this one, this one, we've got a, we've got a, some R-rated language in here. We've got to click the explicit button." Or do does some poor soul somewhere listen to all these and and determine whether or not? Think about if that was your job. I, I uh, listen to podcasts to listen for for the F word. Yeah, I I sift through, I sift through it all just to make sure that these people are being honest. No, so that was an advanced option when I uploaded the last episode. And like I said, I tried to be very clear about that in the promo tweet on Twitter, obviously. I, I put it in the post on Taking the Planes. I put it in the show notes. I tagged it. So luckily, nobody said anything. They haven't complained. Yeah, I think like, everyone understood. I can't believe you were so unprofessional to say stuff like that. Sorry. Well, and, and we it, even had a question regarding... Oh yeah, uh, it, it totally regarding it a little bit when we when we yeah. get to our questions. So uh, one are, thing, what were well, you going to say? I was going to say we're on a timer today. Yeah, we're trying. We're we're trying we've here. Got, we got a timer on the table. We've got we're we're, we're going to work towards getting to the OU preview to the guest within ten minutes, and we are two minutes in. We got a, we got a lot of ground to cover in we, eight minutes. We do. So let's. Do you want you want to get there? That's where I was going. I, okay, the Jones Cafe. A place that oh, no. we raved about. I think so a good. couple episodes ago, you and I went there for lunch. We went. We went the Friday after the TCU game. Yeah, had a nice little lunch date. That oh, was so good. Talked with your friend who was a cook there, and had he come was up the creator of the bacon wrapped the, the fried cheese, the mastermind of the bacon wrapped fried cheese that you and I both agree is better than Spanky's best fried cheese in Lubbock. Right. Well, got some bad news for you. Oh no. It was the best fried cheese in Lubbock because our beloved Jones Cafe closed down on Saturday. Yeah, I saw that. For good. Did you act now you actually we were talking about this before. Did you go one last time? I did. I went one more time for one more order of the bacon wrapped fried cheese. I told Samantha, 
I was like, you have to try this. Yeah. So we went, we went Saturday for lunch. Well, I picked, I picked it up on my way home. I had a, a church planning meeting for the, the young men's group I'm a part of that I help lead. Right. We had a planning meeting for 2019. Got out at 11. I was like, it's okay. I've got the game on record. I'll skip through commercials through the first half. I picked up lunch on my way back and got some fried cheese. Man, and I'm really like, jealous of that. And she's like, man, this is, this is so good. I was like, you better enjoy it. It's the last time we're going to get it. It didn't, it didn't work for our schedule. We finally went to Grape Day. We've talked about it for years. We finally went to Grape Day out at Yano and had a, it was really nice. We had a good time I, and I ate at Yano Cubano, which is a Cuban sandwich place. They make all these press sandwiches and man, it was the first time I'd tried that. It was so good. Their Yano Cubano sandwich, I think is just what it's called, is basically a Cuban sandwich. You know, you got your ham, your cheese, your pickles, your deli mustard, but then it also had pulled pork on it. Well, there you go. Man, talk about good. So they set up shop at this Target over here on University and the Loop. He's pointing for everybody. I'm pointing. (laughs) It's very helpful. But uh, anyway, the Jones Cafe has closed. We're very sad to hear this news. Uh, I don't have much to add aside from I should have gone a lot more than I did. Although we also said we probably couldn't go a lot more because of how yeah, vastly unhealthy it was. Yeah. Vastly? Probably not the right word. Vascularly? It was terrible for your heart. <laughs> so good. Good for your soul, though. All right, so basketball season, right around the corner. In fact, the very first, air quotes, game of the season is on Thursday. What? Got a charity exhibition game Thursday, November 1st against UTEP. And I think it's for the charity event will benefit the Santa Fe High School shooter shooting um, memorial. I'm not exactly sure. But basically what they did is Texas Tech got a waiver from the NCAA saying, hey, yes, you can have this game. It won't count against your schedule. Um, Texas Tech has basically opened up the gates and said, your your admission is basically going to be a donation back to this fund. Right. Um, Chris Beard in the athletic department said all students will get in free. They will make the, the donation on behalf of the students for every student there. Ten dollars for every student. Yeah. They would they would match that for every student that comes. And I, then I think a certain amount of students that come in will also receive free wings from Wingstop. I'm a student. I guess by some sort of are you? No. Well, well, you could be. Maybe. Uh, I, sure, yes. I'm, I'm assuming yes. some sort of voucher. I doubt there's actually going to be handing out. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a wings. voucher or something. It'd be great, though, if there was just a semi truck. Yeah. And so full of wings. The game's going to. Uh, it will be against a non typical exhibition opponent. Because usually you see these like really outmatched games between an F- FBS and like a D3, whatever. Right. Yeah. UTIPs. Yeah, a fairly good school. UTEP's a good sized school, part of the, of course, UT system. So they have uh, they have access to some recruits, I'm sure. And some dollars. Play some ball. <laughs> Speaking of playing some ball, oh man, we have to talk about fantasy this week. All right, we have to. Let's 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 rip this bandaid off. Okay, so I, as you can probably tell from the excitement in my voice. I'm going to give the final score 546 to 250. He doubled me. He doubled me, guys. It I was, beat you by almost 300 points. It was more than twice my score. 
I can't even fathom so it. So good. And, and last week, I, I was so cocky. My quarterback played two and week. a half quarters. Mine played the whole game. Uh, so my quarterback's not a slacker. <laughs> my quarterback put up like 180 points in two and a half quarters. No. <laughs> Whatever it was. Your quarterback put up 129. You have Kyler Murray. And I have Will Greer. He had 125. So that was that was the only close position <laughs> on our roster. The rest of it, your guys are getting 41, 51, 91, 42, 84. And I'm getting 2, 14, 2, 1, 64. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. For Like, what happened to your guys, man? I don't know. I had Marquise, uh, Marquise Brown had two points. Yeah, so he was like un, like just gone in the OU Kansas State game. Everything had, went to CD Lamb. He had one reception for twenty two yards. Uh, that that was that was pretty pretty decent. <laughs> uh, David Sills for uh, West Virginia had sixty four points for me, but you had DeQuan Bowman who had ninety one points. Return uh, yards, baby. David Montgomery somehow had fifty one despite. Being held to 125 yards, but he did get two rushing touchdowns. Uh, who else do you have? That was C.D. Lamb, who you had on your team, had 84 points, 160 yards receiving. He went off. Two touchdowns. Uh, Austin Siebert, he had 63 points, the kicker. So I, I was OU. I was going to go in there and change the scoring. I, 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 you can't do that I, now. I, I, I've mentioned it several times. Like, Well, at this point, I, I need to leave it. Yeah, I was I was really close to going and adjusting everything, but I do know if I adjust it now, it will be retroactive. Oh well, that's kind of which is why I, I like. Weird. Ooh, I'm not going to do that because if I had changed it, it could have changed outcomes of the weeks prior. Yeah, and it would have been like, well, maybe Michael won eight of the nine games we played, or maybe I would have won all those games. I don't know. I don't want to change it. No, yeah, I think that's the way to go. We'll just stick with it, good or bad, and we can fix it for next year. So despite the nearly 300-point win, Michael still leads the season points for versus points against total. And it's so close. It's 50 points, almost exactly. You've got 32.72, and I've got 32.27. Right, but you're sitting that's 45 at, points. But you're sitting at 5-4 and four right now. Yeah. It just burns me. Uh, so okay, good. we'll 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 reconvene next week. I've got some roster moves to make. I forgot I still had Turpin on my team. I thought I dropped him. I knew I had him on the bench, but I thought I dropped him completely. So I've got to 
got to do some uh, do some work on that before the next game kicks off, which I don't know if there's one on Thursday this week or not. Hopefully not. Not for my fantasy football sake, anyway, because that's important. I won't say a darn word <laughs> this week. You've given me too much insight that, here and there. That bit me last week. All right. Um, we're going to go ahead and turn it over to our, our OU football preview. Uh, we had a special guest join us, and I will I will let myself introduce him to you. I'm so sorry. That was like the worst way to set that up. Um, and then Michael and I will come back and we'll do our our preview and predictions and all that kind of stuff. All right, everybody, we are joined tonight by Jay Thomas at Red Dirt Sport. It's going to help us break down the game this weekend between Texas Tech Red Raiders and the Oklahoma Sooners. Jay, thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, we've been, I guess, Twitter followers of each other for, for several years, never been able to hook up or speak or anything. But, you know, when when it came around time to do the OU preview, uh, your name was one of the ones that I thought of, and appreciate you agreeing to, to join the podcast tonight. Seasons between Texas Tech and Oklahoma are kind of, they're starting to diverge a little bit. They're going in different directions, especially after this past weekend, Texas Tech has a pretty disappointing loss in Ames, which I think a lot of people can probably say that same kind of thing happened to them. From afar, I don't know how many Texas Tech fans have been following Oklahoma, but I mean, they're, they're at the top of basically all of the major offensive stats behind really only Alabama. And I think most people are pretty familiar with Kyler Murray, uh, Marquise Brown, and CeeDee Lamb. But I think if you look a little bit past, you know, those those that all-star type talent, I think the, the, the backbone of that offense has to be the offensive line. So what do you think the offensive line has allowed the – sorry, how has the offensive line allowed – the sooner offense to be so explosive well it it started the offensive line was a little bit of a work in progress for the first half of the season um like if i don't know for the people who don't follow oklahoma that closely we moved cody ford who was a guard out to tackle um and you know he it took him about six games to get his feet under him uh, and then also at the center position, we had a two-prong attack going on, trying to rotate players. We had Alvarez, who was a s- starting senior, who played pretty heavily at guard and center earlier in his career. But he's gotten beaten out by a Creed Humphrey, like a five-star center prospect who redshirted last year. But... Creed's only come along and started starting after that third game. So timeline was he started Iowa State. He played okay, but not great. Then we played Texas. The line played a little bit better, but still not great. And then that bye week hit. And that bye week, that's when the offensive lines really started to come together. Uh, And they've just been playing well as a unit so much so that they're reminding us of how good our line was last year. So really the offensive line just needed time to gel. Um, and beating ball, like another tech connection there, it just took him a while to get the pieces together and pieces to gel. Yeah. So speaking of the tech connections, I think we're all pretty familiar with your interim defensive coordinator, Ruffin McNeil. Um, he was a defensive coordinator at Texas Tech for a couple of years, was interim 
uh, between Mike Leach being fired uh, and Lincoln Riley being the offensive coordinator for the bowl game before they both moved on to East Carolina. So he, he stepped in and taken over for Stoops on the defensive side. What do you think uh, his impact has been on the defense? Because um, looking at the, the Oklahoma defense, at least the first little part of the season, it seemed like there was opportunity to be had to, to, to really gain yards and put some points up through the air. Um, and I think that's where a lot of Tech fans are kind of, I guess, optimistic or hopeful. But how do you think Ruffin McNeil has, has put his, um, you know, his flavor on, on the defense? Um, the biggest thing impact Ruffin McNeil has had on the defense is simplification. Um, one of the hallmarks of a Mike Stoops coach defense was the early Mike Stoops defensive timeout because players <laughs> were so confused about what, what they were supposed to be doing. That's not happened under Ruffin through these past two games. So that's number one. Like Players, it's a simplified scheme. They're coached to do simple things, play within that simple, those simple concepts, and make plays. The biggest change defensive line-wise is the gap system. It was more of a catching. Like Mike wanted the defensive line to catch, toss, then pursue. The defensive line now is trying to get to the ball carrier, trying to get to the quarterback. Um, or stay in your lane only, but press and form the def- uh, the offensive line back. So those are the two major changes, and he's made some personnel changes, uh, most notably getting Trey Brown back in there because our corners were absolutely awful the early part of the scene, uh, the season, and uh, getting uh, Barnes in at safety was also a big one. So he's he's made some adjustments. But the the elephant in the room there is we played two absolutely pitiful throwing teams. Um, we adjusted well when that Morris kid came in for TCU in the second half, but he lit us up at first because uh, we weren't expecting that. But it, we still haven't pay, played a true air raid style offense. So that's going into this game. That's going to be a major thing to see exactly how much improvement Ruffin brought about. Sure. And I, I don't think these two teams match up very well if you look at the Texas Tech defense versus the Oklahoma offense, despite you know the Texas Tech defense being leaps and bounds better than it was even last season. But when you look at the Texas Tech offense versus Oklahoma defense, um, is there anything that concerns you or, I mean, I, I wouldn't say scares you, but is there is there something that, that you know, you're, you're looking forward to 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 see if like okay the Oklahoma defense is going to make big strides if they can do X. Um, what is it that you see this weekend? Well, thinking about that like that is what I want to see how Oklahoma handles your big wide receivers. Um, I want to see if we can get off the field on third down, uh, and I want to see like because that's the key to the game for me is if we're able to get off the off the field on the third down early, like in the first and second quarter. That's huge for Oklahoma being on the road. Uh, and just seeing how the secondary message, matches up with those big wide receivers for y'all. Yeah, I, I would say the, the third down conversion would be a, a pretty big key to the game because Texas Tech is, or was at least, doing pretty well in terms of you know, ranking that ranking 
highly in converting third downs. Um, before we get into like any kind of predictions for the game, is there is there a player um, that Texas Tech fans may not be familiar with but should be aware of going into this game? Um, I I think we're all pretty aware of like the big offensive threats. Um, I mean, is is Trey Sermon a guy that that, that we need to like really focus on, or is there a, a ball hawk safety that that we need to be looking out for? Who is that guy that we don't know about but we should? Offensively, you should be looking out for uh, Kennedy Brooks, running back. He's really come on lately. Um, and defensively, uh, Ronnie Perkins and Jalen Redman. Uh, Jalen Redman uh, is a four-star defensive end prospect who was going to redshirt this year due to blood clots uh, after a surgery uh, in the spring. Uh, but he was healthy, and it's not a gen- – a genetic issue so he was he's been cleared to play and he is those two are probably the future of the sooner defense they're both good young players uh, and it seems to be it might be a favorable matchup for them to get some pressure uh for oklahoma this weekend okay so you already mentioned one of the keys of the game um if you look at if you look at predictions uh, I guess depending on which which service you're looking at. If you look at ESPN and the FPI, they've got um, a predictor of 71.6% for OU versus like almost 20, 28% for Tech. Um, the line is set, you know, at least it was earlier this afternoon, about 10 and a half. How, how do you see this game playing out here in Lubbock? I think the line is probably probably accurate. Like offensively. It's going to be a situation where Tech has never had problems scoring on Oklahoma and Lubbock, uh, usually. You know, there's some Tuberville years in there. So, um, but, so I expect Tech will put up points. I expect Oklahoma to put up points. I think the line being around 10.5 is about right. I can see Oklahoma winning you know, in that 10 to 14 point range, uh, especially depending on how, how the game flows. Cause I could see, like I can see Oklahoma getting up by 21 and then tech just constantly having to come back to put it by 14. If you know what I'm saying, yep. um, going down the field like that. So that's kind of how I see the game going. Oklahoma might get some good stops early, get up a little bit. Then tech has to, come back up and down the field a lot. So are are you seeing this back and forth type game like we saw a couple years ago here in Lubbock, the Mahomes versus Mayfield take one? I hope not. <laughs> um so what what's your pulse on, on I guess on, on that rematch for Mahomes and Mayfield this this weekend? You know with the, Oh I think Oh Mahomes and like the Chiefs are a much more stable organization than the Cleveland Browns. Um, Andy Reid will coach circles around whoever's calling plays for Baker. So I think Cleveland's the much more complete team. It's going to be – it'll be a nice little storyline, but I don't think the game's going to be that interesting. Sure. Uh, So speaking of, of who's coaching Cleveland, is there anybody up there worried about Lincoln Riley possibly leaving? The state of Oklahoma. Um, oh, that's a 
Ooh, that I I would be much more concerned if this team's prospects weren't trending to where they are. Like if Oklahoma like didn't have this little bit of a pipeline recruiting status going on now with like their recruiting uptick. I do think he will coach in the pros one day. I'm not saying he's going to be a lifer. I'm not saying he's going to be a decade guy. But I'm thinking is within the next four years, he's not going anywhere. I think he wants to cut his teeth. He's got a lot of Jimmy Johnson in him. I think he wants to do that. And that's one of those comparisons that I've made in private with my friends. I think he's the modern-day Jimmy Johnson. He's going to get him a national championship, then he's going to go to the pros. And I think he'll get one within the next four years, and then I think he'll be gone. Now, is that the next four years with, with Oklahoma or somebody else? That's with Oklahoma. <laughs> Sorry, I had, had to ask that one. <laughs> All right, man. One last one. I don't know if you guys were as entertained, entertained by this one as we were, but do you guys, as Sooner fans, believe that Mike Gundy would win in a fight with Tom Herman? Oh, Mike Gundy would whoop his ass. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Like well, Mike Gundy is from Midwest City, Oklahoma, and he's a farm boy from Meeker. He will put a pop knot on Tom Herman's head. Like <laughs> eh, that wouldn't have been a contest. Herman would have Herman's with the guy who gets into a bar fight, then threatens someone with his lawyer. That's who Tom Herman <laughs> is. He starts a fight, then he threatens with a lawsuit. That's awesome. All right, man. Um, where where can people find you on on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Red Dirt Sport. Um, I hope you don't mind cursing because I curse a lot. But, uh, yeah, that's that's where you'll find me. And I'm usually on there all the time. Yeah, I, I don't know if you listened to our post-game podcast uh, this past weekend, but it was the first few minutes were were rough. There were some expletives being dropped. <laughs> um, it's all right, it's Jay, necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I appreciate your time tonight. Um, good luck this weekend, and hopefully everybody stays healthy. Yeah, that's, uh, good luck to you all, too. Same thing, but boomer sooner. There we go. All right, everybody. We want to thank Jay again for joining us. Um, You can follow him at Red Dirt Sport. He's a great follow, especially on weeks where Texas Tech is not playing Oklahoma. He's a big fan. He's he's great. Um, So, Michael, you actually had a chance to listen to the preview before we recorded. Right. It was was great. Like Spencer said, thanks a ton, Jay. Uh, A lot of good insight there. I, I wanted to touch base a little bit on a couple of comments on the end. One, the Gundy v. Herman scenario. Like you said, Spencer, we, we really got a kick out of that, and it sounds like they did too. And uh, his comment about Gundy being a farm boy who'd put a top knot on Herman was just... That was so good. That was choice. That was really good verbiage. Uh, the other comment about Herman being the guy that would start a bar fight and then try to see you and then try to sue you afterwards. I could see that. I could also see him being the guy who, who would always need someone to hold him back. Oh, he, he definitely had the hold me, hold me yeah. back guys. He would, weekend. he would need the, you know, he, y- y'all better hold me back. He would be that guy too, I think. Um, but yeah, the definitely getting legal guys involved in it. I could kind of see that happening. Uh, I liked a couple of other things he said too. 
Unfortunately for us, I think he's right about the defense. It does look like they've simplified some stuff. Uh, Seth mentioned it today, too, on Staking the Plains, on his post, on the preview. It's like he listened to the the preview interview. Which, well, but he didn't. But he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> they, he did not. Uh, Seth wrote that on his own because he's very he's very he's smart so and ob- observant. Yeah, he's so good. But the other thing I liked was this is something we can kind of relate to, maybe not as much anymore, but I didn't know this was a thing, but apparently Mike Stoops would like to call early defensive timeouts quite a bit just because nobody knew where the heck to line up. And Jay was all over that, so he does not miss that <laughs> at this point. I don't blame him. That would be a frustrating thing to he's, see. Uh, but I say he's about as salty as we are when Kingsbury would call a timeout coming out of a timeout. <laughs> or, gosh, yeah, coming out of a time, timeout and then kick a field goal or something completely different. I, I don't know. Um, anyway, not not a lot much to add to that aside from uh, just those couple of points. And well, I, I did enjoy. We've got two big things to, to talk about. Well, there was one other thing. There was okay. one other thing I just remembered. Yes, you go first. I enjoyed his comparison of Lincoln Riley to Jimmy Johnson. I hadn't he, heard I, that before. I don't know enough about Jimmy Johnson's collegiate. Well, they won besides at he, like at I the know U. He was at Miami, yeah. And yeah. Then he went to Dallas and won there too. Yeah, I can't. I'm not sure what he did before Miami, but he left before. The, the stuff hit the fan and made it to Dallas and was very successful there, obviously. Uh, but, you know, the other comment that he, he kind of lumped in there was getting a national championship in the next four years. He did. I And I, I, I tried to I tried to be like, now is that at Oklahoma or somewhere else? He's like, no, it's going to be at Oklahoma. No, he, yeah, you, you, you like, had him oh, specify man. it, and I thought, oh, man. I, I'm not. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying if that were to happen, then yeah, Riley could do just about whatever he wanted. Well, see, here's the thing. I don't like their offense is so good this year because like, of Murray. I, well, I, well, I that, fully and, think. And 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 their 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 obvious their their weapons outside, right? Ceedee Lamb and mm. Hollywood Brown, or as our friend Gus Johnson, Hollywood <laughs> Brown. Sorry, I don't have a good Gus Johnson uh, accent or. Imitation, I would. I don't think I do either. Might wake the baby too, but they obviously are missing Rodney Anderson. Um, and kind of like Tech has been the past few years, like whenever one side of the ball was really good, they couldn't get everything aligned. Yeah, their defense this year is going to keep them from competing. I think for a national championship. Now they their offense is good enough to be up there and, and win it. Um. I think they lose too much on offense to be competitive next year. Whereas the continuity, ooh, continuity, here's the, continuity with Ruffy McNeil, assuming he stays around to take over the full time DC role for 2020, or sorry, for 2019. I just don't know if they have enough offensive weapons to replace Kyler Murray, Brown, and Lamb to be as competitive and as, as efficient and explosive as they are. Now, I do want to talk about some stats. We're going to go like deep into some of those stats. Wow. Man, what's going on? I'm like having what's a going on over, over there. Here. I'm like transposing bar. I'm like transposing snaps and stats. I've got a, I've got a snicker bar if you need one. No, we're, we're going to be talking about 
some stats and why, if depending on where you look, they tell a very different story. But before then, I want to get to Michael's conspiracy theory about blackout games. Oh, yeah. And night conference games. So this is your first night conference game for, sorry, home night conference game since you played Oklahoma State in September of 2017. Right. I think both teams were 3-0. and Yep. You only had two. So you, that was the only night home conference game in 2017. Then you had two in 2016, Kansas and Oklahoma. Right. So this is your fourth in three years. Y'all excited? And, and then pre- they have the option. To, I'm pretty sure they've all been blackouts. Well, they did the six-day option. I don't think Kansas was a blackout. I'm not sure on that, but I don't think it was. Uh, they did the six-day option again for the for Texas ne- game. Yeah, for next week's game. That's going to depend on how we do and how Texas does this weekend. Texas plays at West Virginia or home against West Virginia. I don't know. They, they play we're, the Will Greers. Man, yeah, I didn't even know who they played this week. And then, of course, we've got Oklahoma. Tall task. And I don't know if you saw this. I, I retweeted it. Texas Tech still has an outside shot to get to the Big 12, Big 12 Conference Championship game, and it requires for Texas Tech to win all four of the next games. I did see that because Rob – three other scenarios. Uh, Rob retweeted that too. and I, I, I got s- it from Rob. Yeah, I saw it from him. Who who was gracious enough? Rob Bro. if y'all haven't followed him yet, I think it's Rob Bro Show on – Rob Bro Show. On Twitter, and Bro is spelled B-R-A-E-U-X. So Cajun. It is. It's great. And he had he had me on the show again this morning. Really gracious. Always appreciate it. You know, I was doing between 7.20 and 7.45 this morning. What were you up to? Sleeping. Where are you? I slept in. I was bed. having a great conversation with Rob. I'm sure you were. I was. But we anyway, we had a good time. Uh, I think Keith is going to be on his show next week. And I think we're going to start doing Wednesdays because that's more flexible for us on the staff of Staking the Planes. So he'll kind of... Be able to He'll, rotate some of us. Yeah, other, have some different guys, guys in. in. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the same guy every time. And anyway, uh, yeah, I retweeted it because I saw it on Rob's uh, Twitter, and I wanted to get a little bit more into the blackout game conspiracy because Tech is one and eight in blackout games since two thousand and eight. And that one win is against Texas, isn't it? No, it, in two thousand eight. No, it was uh, it was against TCU in twenty thirteen. This does not include so the blackout wins in 2008 because okay. we had two that year because mm-hmm. we uh, UT and Oklahoma State were both blackout. So you're saying starting with the 2009 season to right. current, right? Texas Tech is one and eight, and it was a blackout against TCU in 2012 when right. the team actually wore gray. Yeah, they didn't even blackout. It was it was the fans that wore black, right? So it, I don't even know if that's if that, if that counts or not. And so just to just to throw that out in the ether, this has been a thing I've the Staking the Plains guys have dealt with me talking about for years now. Uh, today on Twitter, I put out a very official poll. I had a whopping 77 people vote in this poll. Wow. And basically, I just I missed said, it. I'm sorry. I didn't vote. Uh, you're, it's okay. You can vote later. It's still open. But I basically just asked, will Texas Tech finally win their second blackout game in a decade Saturday night? And 77 votes, 56% say no, 44% say yes. So we're very, very divided on this one. People are, people are a little confident. <laughs> I'm not sure why, Me but neither. they are. Well, here, 
maybe because they're getting their stats comparison from the wrong place. That's probably it. So, so tell me, tell me why they could be wrong, Spencer. Are there is, okay. is, is there some evidence that could make this game look a little bit more appealing than? Spoiler alert, we probably think it is. Sure, absolutely. Right. Most people, if you pull up the ESPN app and look at the game, they will do a, a team stat comparison. They've just got this nice table for you to look at, and it compares points per game, points allowed per game, total yards, yards passing, yards rushing, yards allowed, pass yards allowed, rush yards allowed. All right. If you look at that table, Texas Tech and Oklahoma are so very similar. Points per game, Texas Tech 42.3, Oklahoma 48.9. Points allowed, Texas Tech 28, Oklahoma 25. Total yards, 528 for Texas Tech, 548 for Oklahoma, and so on. And so, like, there's not a significant difference. Rushing yards might be the biggest difference. Yeah, so you got uh, 237 for Oklahoma to Texas Tech's 151. Yeah. And that's it. Everything else is really... So you really think neck and neck okay, there. it's it's a eighty yard difference on rushing yards per game. That's the biggest difference. You should be evenly matched. It's a home game, blackout. This is going to be going to be excellent. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. Prime for an upset. Hold on, Bill Connolly would say otherwise, <laughs> and I tend to I, I tend to lean towards Bill Connolly and his advanced metrics. So he does the S and P rankings. And he actually, he also does it, um, he has an S&P Plus, which is opponent adjusted. So anything, right. anything with a plus mark means it's been adjusted for the opponents you played against. All right, okay. The total rank for Texas Tech, offense and defense. Texas Tech is 32. Oklahoma is 3. Offense rank, Texas Tech is a little bit lower than you probably would expect, 16. Oklahoma, 1. That's one. That's the best. Number one. In the country. Advanced stats, opponent-adjusted offense. Defense rank, Texas Tech 79, Oklahoma 59. So as long as as we were talking about how soft and vulnerable the Oklahoma defense is, they're still 20 spots better than you. Their offense is 15 spots better than you. Okay, so really quickly – Obviously, you, you think that your offense versus their, their defense is going to be okay, right? You, you, you think you'll be able to move the ball. Right. Well, I thought that easily. last week against Iowa State. I thought, oh, well, we, we can move the ball on these guys. We can I score. I did, too. That's I'm pretty sure fault. I said those exact words. That's probably my fault. And I I kind of felt it this week, but I think what you're about to lay on me is going to change I'm, my mind. I'm, I'm here to crush your hopes and dreams, oh. man. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. So if you want to look at the – S&P Plus comparison between the Oklahoma offense and the Texas Tech defense. Because the Oklahoma, sorry, the Texas Tech offense versus the Oklahoma defense, again, those are actually pretty closely matched up. So your S&P Plus rank for the defense, like I said, it is 79. Oklahoma's offense is one. Their success rate, meaning on any given down, how successful is the Texas Tech defense at stopping somebody, they're ranked 37th in the country, which is really good. Oklahoma offense is ranked three. Explosiveness on defense, you're 80th, which means you are a little bit higher than the average in stopping explosive plays. Oklahoma is first in the country in creating explosive plays. 
rushing S&P Plus, your defense is 47th. Again, you're a little bit better than average. They're fourth. Passing S&P Plus, you're 43rd. You're even better in pass defense than, than, than rush defense. You're 43rd. They are first. Standard down S&P. And I, I can go into what that means if, if, if you think we need it, Michael. What standard uh, down I, I kind of remember that. That's not – that's a – it's a first and it's ten. It's a first and long or a second and short or second third and, and seven short. and fewer, third yeah. and fourth. Third and fourth down of five yards and fewer. Like a manageable down, basically. Texas Tech defense 49, which helps when they're you know looking at their third down conversion percentage on defense. Oklahoma offense first. On a standard down, which means you can go pass or rush, right? Passing down. Texas Tech is not very good at 82nd. Oklahoma, when they like when the opponents know that Oklahoma has to pass the ball, they are still ranked second in success on passing downs. For the for those of you keeping score, and you may not have been because you may be driving somewhere or working out. Or they're just like, I can't listen to all these numbers. The, the lowest ranked yes, category for Oklahoma what I was, get to, yeah. was their rushing success at fourth. Yeah. Everything else is three, two, or one. And they had more ones than anything else. On their offense. They, they are incredibly talented on the offensive side of the ball. What I'm saying is... Buckle up. It might be rough. <laughs> I think it will be, too. So, okay. Let's talk about predictions and all that kind of stuff. Because the line, as I looked at it yesterday, before I did the preview with Jay, was 10.5 points. Michael informed me. Unfortunately, it has moved in the wrong direction for Texas Tech. Yeah, we're looking at 13 and a half as of right now, as of this recording. And it's a three-point swing in 24 hours. I could see it possibly climbing, but I don't know. It may settle in at 13 and a half with the over-under of 77. 77 probably feels a little low. I would unfortunately take Oklahoma to cover. I, I'm, I may change my mind. Right now, I'm going to take Tech to cover, but neither of us are predicting a win. I I think I know, speaking for myself, I have a very short-term memory, and this Iowa State loss has just stuck with me because we looked so inept on some of those af- drives on offense, and it just really brought back some some bad memories of last year because really this year, you know, there were a couple of hiccups um first quarter you know that we've talked about ad nauseum where we couldn't move the ball but we figured it out they've eventually found out what to do and changed up enough stuff and moved the ball but Iowa State they just could not get it done I don't know if it was 100% on quarterback play 90% whatever it was but they couldn't figure it out so it was a very frustrating outing and it's just still in my mind as I'm thinking about this game on Saturday, and I can't get it out of my head. I don't see Tech winning. I see them possibly losing by ten. That would be, that would be where I'm at. I hate to be so negative. I think being negative is lo- not fun. If you lose by only ten, you probably were doing some things right. Or, or it just kind of got out of hand, and then you. You know, you were down by 17 or or maybe 21 and you scored a couple late. late. Yeah, you score late to pull it closer than it looks. Yeah. All right, we've got so many questions. We've we've got to move on. Yeah. 
So th- those are our Debbie Downer picks for the week. I, you guys are going to have to deal with us this week. Or just, I do think, I, I will claim it now, you lose this weekend, you don't lose again this season. Okay. I'm with that. Uh, hey, I wanted to I wanted to point out one thing. Sorry. I know we're trying to move on and keep it tight. Uh, but Adam sent this to me via direct message, and you may have seen this quote too, but this was something Kingsbury said today. And referencing, you know, how Bowman played in Ames and everything. I don't know if you saw this quote, but... I've got another quote I want to bring up. It's not about that, but go on. He said, quote, I watched a guy who is now favored to be the NFL MVP fall hard at Ames. Allen will bounce back, end quote. That was kind of... I liked that. That's good. It's a good point. It's a very good point. Because Mahomes did play terrible. I think he was kind of hobbled. Ten points. He put up ten points. Yeah. And he threw. I think he threw three interceptions that day. And a pick six. Mm-hmm. It was, maybe it and was I just think, two interceptions, but he definitely threw a pick six. And I think that the one touchdown they scored was like late. It was like fourth quarter. That sounds right. So it I. Was, it was three yeah, you're right. It was three points. Time. It was three points for a long time. What yeah, was your quote though? Sorry. Thing, so I don't have a quote. I just. I. It was something he said in the the media availability on Sunday. Chuck Hines asked a question about, do you think the way that they're calling penalties affects the defense's aggressive nature, their aggressiveness, right? He basically said, in regards to the penalties called against Jordan Brooks and Preston Wallace, who I called Preston Gordon or something. No, Joseph Wallace. I called him Preston Wallace. His name is Joseph Gordon. Oh, my gosh. did it again. (laughs) It's it's Joe Wallace. Joseph Wallace, Preston Gordon. There's the penalty called against Joseph Wallace and Jordan Brooks. He said, I don't know what to tell those guys. Yeah. He said, I don't know like I, I don't know what to tell them what to do differently because they did what we would have taught them to do. So suck it, Mike DeFee. It was just kind of his way of addressing it. <laughs> it was Fine. good. Yeah. It, it was it was it was calm, but it was still like very measured. It was pointed. It was good. All yep. right. Um Adele. Your coach, down by four, way late in the fourth. It's been an absolute he- hell of a day. I'm sorry, there's another one. <laughs> but you've got the ball back. Tech's got to fly. Iceman, no mistakes. What flavor of Gatorade do you want on the sideline, and what are you spiking it with? So I can't answer this one probably as well as Michael can, because I don't drink. But Gatorade flavor, as long as it's not red or purple or one of those like fierce flavors, I'm good. Blue yellow orange yeah i'm with you on the fierce i i really lean into the frost flavors like riptide rush and or the frost one. I like cascade something you don't like the frost ones no just, oh, like, those are by far the best just give me the originals blue orange or yellow i'm good yeah i'm good with the cool blue um i'm not crazy about the orange I'll, i like the yellow red used to be all i would drink when i first started drinking gatorade but not anymore. So what would you spike it with? And I, that, that list is extensive. I know. She, she sent this. With Gatorade. Yeah. It, it, she sent this great list uh, from, oh, <coughs> barnonedrinks.com. And there's all sorts of Gatorade drinks with great names like Angry Granny and uh, Fuzzy Leprechaun Number 1 and Gator Booger and, oh, gosh, stuff I shouldn't repeat. There's a... There was one down here that was particularly interesting, and I have it pulled up. There was one called Uncle Fred's Used Bedpan. Oh, wow. Which has well, chocolate milk oh, gosh. and creme de banana, and then Gatorade and Kahlua, and then wild turkey bourbon. 
Sorry. That just sounds <laughs> like it. I just... Oh, that was such a mix. Woo, that that's like something that's like a hangover cure kind of thing. Uh, the the one that sounded kind of intriguing to me too. Another one was called Wicked Antifreeze, because you can just picture that yellow Gatorade with grain alcohol and sugar. That's all that's in it. And then uh, it probably know, smells like antifreeze too. But yeah, and and I like, I really like Gatorade and I really like bourbon and whiskey. But I cannot see those two together. I think you'd have to spike it with vodka. You'd have to go with some sort of vodka to to get it down um, if you're going to spike it. But yeah, I, I I think that's where I'd reach for a Riptide Rush and then some Crystal Palace. <laughs> vodka. Do, you, do you think that uh, Dana Holgerson's Red Bull is straight Red Bull, or is he spiking it too? He could be a little little vodka in it. He could be, he, you know, there could be some sort of uh, some sort of exchange being made. If he's, we need to keep an eye on him. Is is he opening these himself, or is he being handed an open Red Bull? <laughs> oh, sir, here's your special Red Bull. Yeah, I have no idea. All right, Red Raider Reset Man. He's got two different kinds of questions. A food question because that's what we are. Our yep. food podcast. First, what chance do you think we have winning this weekend? No, I'm sorry. He's got three questions. Yeah, so, he does. Chance of this weekend. I'm gonna say fairly low, like a one in four. Yeah, I was I was gonna I was gonna say thirty percent just off the top of my head. So, so we're that's one close. in three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you can you can tip those favor that the you can tip those odds back into your favor with turnovers and exquisite special teams play. If you can pin Oklahoma deep, if you're forced to punt, make them drive the length of the field. Um, even if that means you give up 800 yards in the day because they had to drive 90 yards every, every drive. time they got the ball. Thank you, Dominic. Um, and and if you it force in, some turnovers. Kick I think it inside can. the 10. You, we're capable of that now. That that gives you a little bit of hope. Which dog or cat breed do you prefer? So I'm definitely not a cat person. I am definitely a cat person. I, don't I think it was National Cat Day either today or yesterday. So happy National Cat Day, everybody. I hope... Uh, the furry animal sat in your lap. Actually, didn't just sit in your lap. But Cats just like, don't sit in your lap. Like they circled don't. your lap for about five minutes until they got it just right and then sat on your lap. And then the That's second so you move, they jump up and <laughs> kind of hurt you as they jump up and out of your lap. Anyway, I'm a cat guy. Uh, so, dog breeds, I don't have a, I don't have a preference on dog breeds. I, I'm going lab. Labs are great. Uh, Retriever. German Shepherds are great. Uh, some of the, th- those corgis are really cool looking little dogs. So J- uh, Jay is a big corgi fan. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, it's and it's not like I don't like dogs. I just have never had one. His Twitter feed is probably seventy thirty OU football or o- OU sports and corgi tweets. <laughs> no well, joke. I'm, I'm following him now, so I'm, I'm going to get to be a part of that. A cat breed? I don't even know. There's. Aren't cat breeds mostly broken down by color? Isn't that like... No, there's there's more than that. There's like the Maine Coon cat. Those are those huge cats that have a ton of hair with a big, long, fluffy tail. And then there's a, like Prussian blue or... No, I think that's a color from Bob Ross. That's definitely a... <laughs> it's a Bob Ross color. No, there's a Russian blue. Sorry. Uh, yeah, there's there's some other different ones. There's savannas and all that, but most mostly it's domestic short hair. <laughs> All right, when smoking your brisket, do you A, wrap and foil at first, then unwrap and finish? B, start off with nothing and finish in foil? Or C, wrap and foil the entire time? So I, I haven't smoked a brisket. 
the method I've seen most often is you smoke it for a certain amount of time or until you get to a certain temperature and then you wrap it in paper. Yes. Now, I, I don't know how much credence to give um, Franklin from the Austin area with Franklin's barbecue, what he calls foil the Texas crutch. Yeah, he does. I, I think like, that's a common term. Okay, and he's, he's, he's more of a paper guy. I, I've only seen it done with paper. I haven't seen foil. I've seen people put it in foil once they pull it off while it's resting. But if I'm, when I start, when I get my smoker and I start diving into this, I will, I will do answer number or answer B, start off with nothing and then wrap it in paper. Right. That, that's what I do too. And I use that pink butcher paper that you Mm -hmm. can get. The only place I, they, they might have it here at outdoor chef. I don't think I even asked them or went or went there. I just immediately went to Amazon because I think we still had like a two, three-month-old baby, and I was just trained to, oh, go to Amazon. They've got it. We don't need to leave the house. Everything is good yeah, on and Amazon. I'm, <laughs> I'm still using that same giant roll of of that pink butcher paper. It's the kind that's not lined at all. Uh, it's just pretty much plain old-looking paper. But I take my brisket up to 165 internal. There you go. And then I wrap it. And I, I've been doing briskets the last couple I've done – I used to do it at 250, and then the last couple I've done at 225, so they've taken a long time to cook to get up to that point. But then I'll wrap it in that butcher paper once it gets to 165, and those have turned out pretty well. I've definitely noticed a difference from wrapping in foil because I did that when I first started. I didn't even know about this paper stuff. Lifelong Chiefs fan, at Still Skipping, one, what's your first food craving when the weather gets cold? Got to be chilly. I think so too because it got cold about two weeks ago. It randomly, and we, we all had a cold ran from chili recipes. And everybody, everybody, you made chili. You made two different chilies recipes, I think. And I just made one. You made just one, and then we made one with some leftover brisket, actually. And yeah, I, I think that's it. Either that or just I really enjoy good old um, grilled cheese and tomato soup. That's that's another one I really crave during cold weather. Samantha's a big fan of grilled cheese and chili. Oh man, like does she does she dip the grilled cheese in the? Chi- yep. Oh, Samantha, that's good stuff. It's good. I now, gotta try that. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm after throwing to the bus here. She stopped listening to the podcast a long time ago, and I, I, I get onto her every week about it. Her grilled chili, her grilled cheese is not what you're thinking it is. It's it's really it's unfortunate. I'm trying to break her this. <laughs> what she does is she puts two pieces of bread in the toaster, toasts the bread. When it comes out still hot, she puts shredded cheese on it and then pushes the two pieces of bread together, and that's her grilled cheese. I was like Samantha, that's not even close to grilled cheese. That's like cheesy toast. Yeah, it's because grilled cheese you have to butter the bread and then pan fry it and then put some of the like really cheap American oh, singles yeah. and get it gooey. Yeah, you've really got to get it on the and then mash it a little bit and just kind of Maybe, work it. Yeah, yeah I, no, that's not. Or putting cheese. a piece of bologna in it too. Pretty oh good. yeah, that's pretty good. All right, so I saw this and I I couldn't figure out a good way to to, to weave it into the episode. Sorry, the interview with Jay. You've already heard it. He he asked, "Have your OU guests gotten tired of Gus Johnson screaming Hollywood at every opportunity?" He, I would imagine he he has. 
because it seems like Gus Johnson, his crew calls basically every Oklahoma game because Oklahoma plays. It's Gus Johnson and what? Um, Joel Klatt. I'm not sure. I'm I'm pretty sure it's them for the the big like the afternoon Fox broadcast because it used to be them for the Fox evening game. But also to your to your um blackout conspiracy, mm-hmm. I don't think Tech has won a game when Gus Johnson's been on the broadcast. Oh no, is is he on the broadcast this weekend? It's ABC, so no. No, oh, yeah, you're right. You're it's right. Fox. So yeah, I mean. Does he does I, he say I it in love, three syllables? Does he exaggerate it? Because I've never I don't think I've even Hollywood. heard probably. I mean that, that's what I, I that's love, what I picture in my head. I love how animated and how excited he gets. Now, if you watch the replays or the highlights of the game this weekend that they had against uh, Kansas State, halfway through the game, he and Joel Klatt are talking about nothing. That's what's happening in front of him, and that bugs me when they start doing that. It's like no no no, I'm I'm here to watch the game and here. To, and like I want you to call the game, and even if it's else. a blowout. Let's let's at least acknowledge that the football game is and when taking they, place. And when they are talking about the game, they sound bored. So th- they had like two or three touchdown calls, like, and Oklahoma scores again, touchdown Sooners. So it's like, oh my gosh, yes, it is forty-eight to seven. But come on, man, do your job. Throw, throw a little, throw a little behind it, and and and. It's probably because he does get so excited and so animated that, like, when he's not, you're like, man, what? Is he drunk? You're out to dinner with him, and you think, he's just he's just tired. He doesn't like me. Yeah. He's not going, water. We need some water here. Right? Good? No good? Okay. Sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm reading next questions. I'm actually going to skip man, he one. Just, he just missed right on. Because okay. it's not really a question. Yeah, I copied them all. Sorry. All right, Brian, the Phantom RPO, which is funny because I can't remember which game it was. Like, it may have been our game against Iowa State. The color guy was calling everything an RPO. It's like, no, dude, a play action is not an RPO. Same difference, man. Top five Halloween candies. Oh, boy. I think you should go first. Like all five or just like number one? Like All five. One, one. Okay. Are you um, going? Are you going five to one or one to five? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one to five, just right. because I, I I hadn't thought this list out well enough in advance. Yeah, I, I I'm I, gonna have trouble sticking with just five. So I one, tell you that one's gonna have to be Reese's. It can be the pumpkin. It can be the white chocolate. It can be just a cup. Reese's pieces. I don't care. They all fall under Reese's. Any and all of them are number one. I had I had that as a category too. You're gonna think I'm piggybacking but i did two is gonna be shoot i don't know it's something with peanuts in it so like a payday peanut m&ms no if i'm gonna have m&ms either want regular oh or or peanut butter m&ms we've, we've hit we've hit some some oh. m&m hot takes although the caramel m&ms were surprisingly acceptable because i'm not a big caramel fan but i enjoyed those i like the crispy m&ms too those are pretty good yeah but not on my list so like a payday. Um, oh, that's solid. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Goodbar. Good yes. Uh, three would be like an almond joy. Although I'm I'm not a big fan of almonds. It's crazy. Like they're they're just they're too they're too crunchy. They're too hard. They're they're too much. Yeah. So when, sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. When I get trail mix that has almonds, so you need in mounds. It, you need mounds, I, but they they don't put mounds in in Halloween candy. It's the almond joys. 
That's silly. Which is why this is coming up because I, I I would I would much rather prefer mounds. Right? <laughs> You're a mounds guy, obviously. <laughs> um, I remember the commercials. But the uh, the trail mix that comes with almonds, I pick every single almond out. Really, and I will either give it to somebody else that enjoys that that seasoning, or I will throw them away. Um, I'll, I'll take I'll take your your bastard almonds. <laughs> I'll take them so, off your hands. So I said, Mister Goodbar. Um, mounds apparently mounds is a good one or almondless almond joys <laughs> i mean I, i'll eat the almond and almond joy i'm just like man i wish there wasn't an almond in this <laughs> <coughs> you have to because otherwise you'll if you just like pick it out you're gonna get half the chocolate off of it too yeah three musketeers has got to be up there <laughs> no it doesn't no it doesn't so Michael just cringed. Like well, there was a, a visceral reaction. Like it's I kinda, said that he's like shuddered. It's funny you mentioned this because you just said you were watching Stranger Things season two. No, and and they, and he they was going ripped Dustin much, about oh, it. Oh, they ripped him so much about how much he liked Three Musketeers, and it's I like kid. it fine. <laughs> and then and then how he had the connection with Dart because he ate the yeah Dart ate the nougat. <laughs> he likes nougat. Uh, no, that it's fine. It's fine. There's not much. Like, there's not much to that candy bar. I, I recognize. That. I mean, it's, it would be like, like top a, twenty for me, maybe. That low, huh? You're a cat person, and you're gonna diss. I'm gonna diss the nougat. I will eat it. All right, I'm taking applications for a co-host again. Email, email me. I'll, I'll, I'll screen you. I'll tell you what it's really like. Um, let's see. What else do I like? I like crunch. Nestle crunch. Sure. Or what are they called? They just called crunch. What do you mean? Like just the, the with the crisp rice with the and the right, chocolate. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. It's a Nestle Crunch, Crunch there's, Bar. There's another one too, isn't it? Like like with the uh, Mr. Good Bar. It's like one of the, Crackle. Oh, Crackle. Yeah, you're right. There's a, there are two different ones. I don't know if it's an crackle actual with thing. A K, I think Crackle. I think is a little softer. Like it's a little softer chocolate than Crunch. Crunch is like a like you. There actually is a Crunch too. I, I prefer the Crackle. But same category. I'll, I'll take them with the crisp rice. I'm sure that's like seven candies. Michael, why don't you go ahead and take over? Well, okay. Mine, I don't know if... We're not going to overlap hardly at all. Uh, I, I thought about this a lot. I may have to put some ties in here. Of course. All right, so I think number one is going to be Snickers because it's hard to beat a Snickers. It's satisfying. It's got peanuts in it. It's got a little bit of everything in it. It's basically a it's basically a protein bar. That's good for you. Uh, number two, I'm gonna put three things together, and y'all can make fun of me if you want because I'm kind of a cop out. I'm putting Starburst and Mike and Ike's and Dots together. Those three candies are so great. I love them, and I only like them for Halloween because if I ever buy them any other time. It's just hard to it's hard to buy them because I will eat the whole thing. And if you eat a whole box of dots, that's a bad move. If you eat a whole box of Mike and Ike's, that's that's not good either. So Halloween's best because then they have the small amounts of them. Those are those I, are my first two. I would give all three of those to Samantha or Grayson. I know you would. I love those so much. Okay, number three, I'm copying you. Reese's anything. Don't care what it is. If Reese's makes it, I'm going to like it. They've got a new thing out right now. They've got like a chocolate, they've got a chocolate bar with Reese's pieces in it right now that I need to try. I had a nut recently 
with Reese's Pieces in it. Fantastic. So they're, they're putting Reese's Pieces in anything they can think of, and I am all for this. Bring I'm it on. It, yes. So really quickly, the other thing I was thinking about, so it's Baby Ruth and Payday, both those together. Sorry. Yeah, those okay. are solid. Those are solid. Um, okay, so I've got two more to pick from. I'm going to go with Skittles because Taste the Rainbow. Skittles is delicious. All of them, except for the green apple. I'm still mad about that. I do like the sour Skittles. Yeah, sour Skittles are good. I just had some wild berry from my daughter's little <laughs> parents' day out care package today. And then number five, gosh, I don't know. It's got to be another chocolate one. I haven't picked enough chocolate. Oh, I've got it. Butterfinger cups. Those will those will change you. Butterfinger cups are so good. Butterfingers would be like number six on my list. Yeah, so it was right there. So those are mine. Okay. Um, Brian also asked, was it wise to run a fresh from injury Davion Ward so much when your running back stable has proven to be more than talented enough to carry the load. I didn't notice this in the game. Um, apparently, from everybody's reaction to it, like, Davion Ward carried the ball a lot more than I remember him doing it this weekend. He did. I'm, I'm going to look it up just to see. Because I've heard that question elsewhere. Uh, my coworker was asking me about that today, you know, just kind of, Hey, what do you think about Ward getting, you know, getting the ball so much being his first game back healthy? And I thought, wow, you know, I don't, I don't know if I noticed how much he got it, but I think he did. You would think that like, you know, if, if, if they're riding the hot hand that they would have stayed with Henry, um, Henry and Felton. Yeah. Maybe Felton, but let's, let's, let's look at these stats here. And I'm trying to draw this out because I'm, it's taken forever to pull it up. Okay. I've, All right. Dalyon Ward, him. 10 carries for 16 yards. Tejon Henry had four carries. Bowman had nine. That's probably including all the times he was sacked. Demarcus Felton had one. Yeah. So he had twice as many as any as the rest of the running backs combined. Uh, it, it doesn't make – well, it kind of makes sense because it's a not healthy, like – A healthy Dalyon Ward – Probably that's probably how it should work out. Oh yeah, I just don't know if he's a hundred percent healthy, ready to come back. Probably not a good good barometer to test that against Iowa State. Like, was he healthy enough to come back? Because it didn't look like it. But that's also because our offensive line played like poo. But there isn't a great barometer. It's not like they had a Kansas for him to. Well, let's try it out. Let's see how he does. You, you know, you won't get that till games eleven and twelve. Right against Kansas State and Baylor, so you've got to trot him out and get him some reps at some point. But it, it was a lot more lopsided than I remember. But I think I almost take more issue with the fact that they didn't even they didn't get it to Henry or Felton more. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of okay with, with Ward you. getting ten carries, but I feel like those other guys should have gotten ten carries I, between with, them. Sorry, I'm trying to interrupt you, and I'm you're fine. I'm, not I'm, trying I'm to done with you. I'm done with my uh, my very my very succinct thought. What I was gonna say is I, I I'm on I'm agreeing with you in that the 15 carries between them was not enough. No, you weren't you weren't effective at it. But could you tell with running the ball 15 times with those guys when you ran what like 83 plays? Yeah. So, Briggsy, why is it that that only the F word can convey certain emotions at certain times? 
I don't know. Because when you say it, sometimes it makes you feel good. Sometimes it just gives, it adds a little bit more of emphasis. It's also one of those words where like, if you say it enough, like when you think about it, it's like, that's a really strange word. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's, it's also strange that it was just kind of a made up thing. It was, it wasn't like, it was like, um, a carryover from like French when they were calling prostitutes something. I I don't need, I don't know that far. I I think it was between World War One and two, kind of from that era where it started to pop up. But I think a lot of it has to do with the the many functions of the word. You've got a verb. You've got nouns. You've just got just straight up ex, expletive. You I like could, how you, you started could just with make it into whatever you want. <laughs> well. Yeah, you can you can add um you can add other words to it. Uh and have what are the what are those words called? Like football is a is it a conjunction? What are what are they? Compound word? Compound word. You you saying the F word is a compound word? It can be. You you can see it added well, to you, other you words. Can add it to very very many See, it can just be part of a word. Um I think that's part of it is because it's so flexible. I, I think the only thing that comes as close to the F word in flexibility is the S word, which I feel silly saying the S word because it's really not that bad. But it's a personal favorite because it's kind of the same thing. You can you can really get in there with it being a noun and a verb and uh, just a straight up ex- expletive. And you can also turn it into compound words too with you know pairing it with other things so it's you can pair the two together that's a good one so sometimes some, sometimes you throw that one out there there's a very detailed wiki article about this word as there should be the false etymologies is probably where my story comes from um and it's it looks like it's tied back to when people were labeled or their their they were being labeled as having done sexual actions done done the okay gotcha and it was for unlawful carnal knowledge or for unlawful carnal knowledge in the nude oh you put that together you get unlawful car- yeah mm-hmm. okay all right there's some f's in there and some- forbidden use of carnal knowledge okay fornicating under consent of king these are all Acronyms, basically. Acronyms that, that shorten themselves to the F word. All right. So I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you all stuck with us after this week. I, I, I'm a little sad to say it probably wasn't going to happen without us winning this past weekend. We did not hit the download total to shave the beard. It's still surviving. Unfortunately. It's thriving, really. It's not just surviving. It's thriving. So we, we Don't be the, modest. We set the goal at 1,500 downloads. You guys didn't quite make it. You like scratched the surface of six hundred. <laughs> that was it was a it was a robust a robust claim. We don't want to just say well, six hundred is actually low, and I, I I think it was because of how ticked off everybody was. Yeah, nobody wanted to relive it about the game. And I had a conversation with somebody else on Twitter about this that when we lose in written form, like that's when everybody is, is like is letting everything hang out, right? So this guy was a, a moderator at a site, like a Facebook site. He's got a, a Twitter page. He said, when we lose, being a moderator for these sites, it just sucks, right? Oh, Everybody's yeah. Everybody's like unloading and as you can, like just how 
emotional everybody gets. Yeah. Whereas when we lose for downloads for, for like the podcast, it drops way down because nobody wants to hear us talk about it. Right. Nobody wants to re- relive that. If we win, downloads go way up. Yeah. Cause they, everyone cause they want to relive. It's exactly. like watching a highlight video. When you win, you watch the thing over and over again. When you lose, you may not watch it at all. And, and I agree with that. I, I do the same thing. Cooper Burnett points wise. Should we expect a game more like 2007 or 2016? I'm thinking somewhere in the middle. I don't think you're gonna have a 2016. 20, 2007, I was at that game. My first blackout. I rushed the field after we won. My, my claim to fame on this. As my I was friend run, had a wedding that night. As I was rushing the field, one of the Oklahoma offensive linemen put his shoulder into me. Nearly knocked me over. I don't remember who it was. I don't think I knew who it was, but it was just <laughs> as I was running past, he did not feel the the he didn't feel it necessary to get out of the way. And he just kind of let me feel it for a second. Final score of that game was 34-27, Texas Tech, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's going to be higher than that. I don't know if Tech's going to be. Do you think Tech's going to get 34? Probably. So you're thinking But it may be like, like 56-24. Yeah. Or 34. 34. Oh, yeah. Probably okay. Could. Also, I need throwbacks for this game, just saying. Sorry, I need black throwbacks. So I would be okay with those black throwbacks we wore against Arkansas a couple years ago. That's a wrinkle because I think that's great, Cooper. I I liked those too because I think they had the gray pants and the stripes on the sides. I'm not as good at remembering uniforms as as some of you guys, but those were great. And I think that might break the curse because we have yet to try a blackout with throwbacks. Well, I, I am all for this. Where, where the team is also wearing black, you mean? Because the blackout game against Oklahoma State last year, we were wearing throwback uniforms. Really? It was, oh, I don't it remember was, that. It was the white helmet, red jersey, white pants. Oh. Well, that, that also wouldn't have even counted anyway. But if we have like an all-black throwback combination of black helmet, black jersey, black pants with a crowd, like it needs to be unified, right? If you're going to tell the crowd to wear black, I want the team wearing black too. I think Just so everything. Too. Just make it unified. Yep, I agree. All right, we do have some updates for Cord Cutter's Corner, and I know we're, we're a little bit over, but we're, we're, we're wrapping this up. Michael, please please explain why you had some issues this weekend. If y'all heard the, uh, the Incident Reaction podcast from Iowa State, I've already lamented on this a little bit, so I'll be brief, but Hulu is brutal to watch a DVR sporting event. Uh, you go back to it. You cannot fast forward through anything if you start it within maybe two hours of the event ending. You can't fast forward through anything at all. And then even after the event has ended for a couple of hours, you can only fast forward through the good parts. You have to watch every single commercial. You have to let every single ad play. And if you wanted to go back and just watch a certain part of the game, you'd have to do that same thing. Hey, speaking of, here pretty soon, we have a uh, a new advertising campaign that should be launching this Friday on digital video only. So those watching Hulu, you're going to get a lot. Or if you're in the area, in our, in our region, and fit our demographics, because we can target digital video this What do you way. know about me, Spencer? Anything that what do you, you know about me? Anything you enter into your Hulu account setup, or it's tied to your credit card. Oh, dang, that's kind of weird. So, like, even though the account may be under a Michael McDonald, mm-hmm. 
we will know that you have a wife and how old she is and you will get the OB campaign <laughs> that we just finished. Man, you guys, this is, this is weird. This is right. It's this is the same advertising. night. It's digital advertising, man. I want to, uh, I want to point out last night frontline on PBS had part one of a Facebook documentary talking about all the data that they'd gleaned and all that kind of stuff and how they were using it. And part two is tonight. And I, I didn't have a way to DVR it. That's another cord cutting issue, but I've got to dig that up because I really want to watch part two tonight. The other interesting thing is the fine print on when you allow an app access to your microphone. Like everybody jokes around about like big brother listening, but there have been times, well, one, we, we, we confirmed it with some of our digital advertising experts within our, our system. There have been times we've been talking about an object in the office, just talking about it, not, not searching it on the computer or searching on our phones. Then go into an ad, like an ad space where you get served digital ads yep. about that exact item. That has happened to my mother-in-law. Because when you give an app permission to use your microphone, you, like, it, you probably have to dig. But there is probably some fine print that it, it's almost always on. I need that little phone, that little phone that's just, all it does is text and call. That's what I need. I need the one that they sell to people who have bad eyesight. You like the big numbers? The yeah, jumbo the big numbers. numbers. Yeah, that's the one I need now. All right, so Michael Mode for hope. You say hopefully, and I'm, I'm like disgusted oh, yeah. with that word. No, you I'm put thrilled. That. You mode for the last. I actually mowed tonight, and I was excited about it. I put some, of course you were. some great stripes into the yard. It may, yeah. it may go for naught because we're supposed to have rain tomorrow, and you're only going to see stripes if there's sun out. But I did it because of Halloween. Tomorrow. Yeah, no, you've got it. You got to look good for the trick or treaters. And here's the thing: because my my house faces west, the way that you see stripes in the lawn is if you if the sun is behind you. Oh, it's going to be glorious. So when somebody walks up, the sun will be behind them, looking at my yard. So they should see the stripes unless it's cloudy. They'll be like, "What is this? A baseball diamond?" Oh, and I, I didn't just do like the one like one stripe in one direction. I did a double wide stripe in one direction. So coming at you, there's going to be two wide, I'm sorry, it's a double pass of a dark stripe, right? And then a single pass of a light stripe. Oh, man. So it's going to be like a double I would dark, like to watch you mow. Single. So it's, it's like a, it's, it's, it's got to be a choreographed dance. It is because here, I'll, I'll have to like draw on the table so you guys have to kind of deal with it for a second. So you go down. Like this direction. Right. And then you come back up, right? But you can't just go right back down again. You have to go down a previous pass. Oh, to get the double stripe. Yeah, because otherwise the grass... So when you come back, so it'll be too wide coming up and then on the next one down. So you have to go down, back, down on a pre... Like a line you've already mowed. And then when you come back up, you've actually moved over and you're cutting again. So there's and I tell you that kid dressed as Dak Prescott coming to your house tomorrow is going to really notice that nobody's going to know. <laughs> going to be super super thrilled. I do know that my neighbor, twenty minutes into me mowing, walked out there in like half motor yard. I was like, I see you. She, she didn't even mow like all of her yard. I edged. I edged, my friend. Oh, I it did took too. Me over. It took me about twice as long to edge as it did to mow. His edges look sharp. Thank you. Thank you. That they so, do. So what is your your pattern 
Mow like, first. You you mow first? Yes. I, I mow first, then weed eat, then edge, then clean up around the edge. And then usually I get the weed eater out one last time and get everything else that I missed. And then I get the air, the blower out. So, because I try not to be that guy because I, I don't like that guy that just has a really tall yard and mows and doesn't even try to clean up some of the clippings himself and just blows so, every single thing out into the street. I, I don't like to be that guy. So I, My I, neighbor's new boyfriend did that. I was like, what are you doing? I know. I sweep up, I sweep up a, a good amount of it. He but, blew all of his clippings into the street and he was out there doing what else like, like he blew some of mine in the street. So like when he left that area that we were kind of shared, mm-hmm. I went back and blew my clippings back in. Yeah. Not because I'm like, I want my clippings into my yard. I was like, it looks messy. And he, this is the second time that he's been there. Well, and then you start load. driving over it and it just sticks. And Cause it doesn't go anywhere. No, it doesn't like, go anywhere. And that's what these people you think did it here. blows away. Which you think oh, it's lovely. It's always windy. No, that the grassy mode like a week ago is still in the street in front yeah, of his house. Dead and decaying in the street because it got driven over and yeah, it's a big like white some rain came. Yeah, yeah. And and the same here, like in, in our area, we've got a lot of dirt. Not quite as much as we used to because they've built more houses up around here, but that was the thing that would always kill me is they would blow just pounds and pounds of and cubic feet of dirt out into the street and just expect that it's gonna go away. And th- these guys, you know, then it would come a rain and then they would have mud in their driveway because of all the dirt they blew in it's like, guys just get out there with a broom it takes you 20 minutes just yeah. just add a little extra time to it anyway that always drives me nuts so i typically mow weed eat edge then blow yeah however i tried it a little bit differently this week because they said i, I just heard somebody describe it's better it's better if you do it this way i was like okay i will try it i edged first and then I blew all that back into the yard then mowed weed eated and then used the blower again to clean up I have edged first before and didn't care for it it felt weird yeah because I cleaned out the edges real nice obviously with, with the edger and then like when I blew stuff in it just filled the just went right back crack. in it so yeah. I, I like was real careful to use the blower blow all the stuff out of the crack into the grass so when I mowed it would mulch all that stuff up because I, I yeah I don't bag or side discharge when I can help it I do bag but when I when I mowed again all the clippings that I mowed fell right back in the crack and I had to go back and like I spent a little extra time it was I don't know I'm not sure if I'll do that again no I like finishing with because the blower that being the last thing you get all that stuff out once, of yeah, where the edge is and you get that out you only have to blow once yeah Use and, a blower once. And that stop. time, I will blow whatever it is out into the yard or in, into the street. And it's usually a little bit of sand and stuff that'll go out into the street because I've swept up the big piles. Like, like I let it go so long this time, I had two five-gallon buckets full of dirt. Again? Mm-hmm. How do you get so much dirt in your yard? Because man? I live on a corner, and it just it just all cakes right there. And then I run that edger, and it just digs up more of it and... It's nuts, man. And that dirt just the way it's slanted, the way my house is kind of built up, the it just the water just carries dirt down to it all the time. So it's getting hit by the wind, it's getting hit by erosion, <laughs> and it's just uh, and it's a long edge. All right. One more because we've gone we've gone over way yeah, too. Yeah, why not? 
what we learned, Michael. You said that Bluebell has a new flavor. Oh my gosh, guys. I haven't heard of this yet. Bluebell. And and I am not a person, and I think you we've talked about this. I am not a hey, let's start talking about Christmas in October person. I'm not that guy. Did you see my tweet on Monday? I did. I forget that's why I was but I can't remember exactly what you said. October twenty ninth, I walked into United. It was United. Monday morning. October twenty ninth. They had like half an aisle for Halloween and it was just like the clearance candy, basically, right? The rest of the store was legit nothing but Christmas. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, we haven't even gotten past Halloween yet, and it's still Christmas. <laughs> so Michael went to his fridge and pulled out the new new Bluebell ice cream flavor. Guys, guys, Bluebell has peppermint bark ice cream. See, I'm not a big fan of, like, mixing mint and ice I'm, cream. I'm not either. I do not. I hate mint chocolate chip. That is like my least favorite ice cream. But this is mint ice cream with chunks of dark chocolate and white chocolate with crushed peppermint candy. It is unbelievably good. <laughs> if you say so. Um, but yeah, so Monday morning, I tweeted out, Monday morning outrage factor was that they had Christmas decorations up before we haven't gotten through Halloween, let alone Thanksgiving. Oh, I'm, I'm there with you. I, I'm one of those guys like, I, I need everything in order, right? Right. I don't even care if it's like... I love Thanksgiving. 11.59 Thanksgiving night, you unveil your Christmas stuff. But I, I get why stores do it because it's so profitable, right? They probably make a third of their annual sales between November 1st and January 1st. Well, then people have... But there's more cha- paychecks between October 29th and December 25th and, you know, November 30th and December 25th. People may come in, well, I've got money this week, so maybe I should do a little Christmas shopping, even though it's still hot outside. But yeah, I, I'm i not, we've, we've gone a little over that we meant to. I, I guess we'll stop there. But uh, yeah, guys, you got to try the peppermint, peppermint bark bluebell ice cream. It's so good. And this is coming from a guy who does not like Christmas creeping into every nook and cranny of our life until December. But, but you've got some Christmas ice cream. That ice cream is so good. <laughs> Go for it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for the 23 Personnel Podcast. Thanks again to Jay at Red Dirt Sport for helping us preview the Sooners. We'll see you guys again late Saturday night, early Sunday morning as we review the game where hopefully Texas Tech comes out on top with the upset victory setting us up for possibly a game day appearance next weekend against the Horns. For Michael, I'm Spencer.